Let's then open our Bibles to Mark chapter 9 tonight. Mark chapter 9, verse 24. I believe tonight is one of the most important services of our entire year. The more your flesh is addressed, the more important the message is for the moment. Mark 9, verse 24, the Bible says, Straightway the father of the child cried out, and he said, With tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said to them, this kind, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer. Let's say the next two words together. And fast. Oh, one more time. And, and fast. This kind, only by prayer and fasting. I really believe in our calendar year at Cap City, this really is the most important two months in our schedule uh, between camp and missions conference and Spanish mission conference and family conference and our anniversary conference, evangelistic days, everything that's going on. Uh, leading up to this for the past seven or eight years, we've done a corporate fast normally for 21 days. And I think I've done an injustice, which I want to correct tonight when dealing with fasting. 86 times in scripture fasting is mentioned, which means... It's an important doctrine, it's important practice, not one that should be ignored. We are living in the United States of America, there are many places around the world, if I were living, I would find it much easier to fast. I have visited countries where I willfully for days fasted. There was no craving of anything that I saw put on my plate. North Korea didn't take us long to determine that we were willing to fast. Malawi, other countries. But in the United States of America, the temptation is constantly there and the flesh is constantly fed. And here's why we know this is not an optional practice among Christians because in Matthew 6, where it says, when ye pray, uh, it also says, when ye fast. Christ is taking it for granted that the average Christian is going to do what has been taught in Scripture and when we speak of fasting, I believe uh, that abstaining from technology or uh, TV or sports or whatever you want to throw in there, I believe all of that's good. I believe all of that is part of isolation from uh, the things of this world to get your mind totally focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. But the real biblical definition of fast is abstaining from food for a set period of time, uh, usually drinking water. I have heard people say, now times have changed and studies have revolutionized uh, the medical field when it comes to fasting. And now, if you go online or YouTube, wherever, and you take a look, I would suggest you actually consider and educate yourself over the benefits. There are physical benefits to fasting. Incredible. We are eating ourselves to death. 
we're digging our own graves with a fork in a spoon. I'm not preaching against food tonight. I'm encouraging you to participate in a corporate fast. You read your Bible. There were individual fasts. And we see uh, many men in the Bible from the Lord Jesus Christ to Moses, uh, Elijah, others, 40-day fasts. I've had people say, well, that's supernatural. In some cases, they were supernatural. But in other cases, uh, I know an evangelist that does a 40-day fast every year and has for 30 years. I uh, remember when Brother Dawson did his 40-day fast. I don't remember what point. I think it was around about day 25 or 30 that I saw him. His face literally was shining. I never, we're talking physically and spiritually, he was shining as he was going through that fast. Uh, now, I know there in the Bible, there's one day fast, three day fast, 10 day fast, 21 day fast, 40 day fast. We're taking as a church body the next two weeks, tomorrow's Independence Day. Let me encourage you, get with your family and eat with your family, celebrate with your family. But let me encourage you on Tuesday. That leaves us 12 days. Now, anniversary Sunday, two weeks away. I need you to eat Saturday night and Sunday morning because I have seen your spirit when ye fast. I need Sunday morning to be powerful with people excited. You say, Pastor... I don't understand fasting because when I attempt to do it, I get in the flesh. No, you just reveal how strong your flesh is and how weak the spirit is. The purpose of fasting is to affect the flesh, to to stop the dominance of the flesh in our lives and make sure we're feeding the spirit. And Pastor, I, I don't know how because in the middle of a fast, I... I feel weak, yes. I have headaches, yes. That means your body is releasing toxins. Uh, that is a good thing. That is powerfully healthy, uh, powerfully spiritually healthy. That's why as Americans we're so unhealthy, filled with toxins. And here's what fasting does. It both spiritually and physically eliminates toxins. And yes, just the thought of taking those 30 minutes you normally use to eat and praying will give the average Christian a headache. But the purpose here is to say, I want to see the supernatural. I want to see God work in a powerful way. And in order for that to happen, what's about saying this kind. Now, we know the story. The disciples, uh, three of them had been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. When they come down, immediately they encounter there is this satanic influence. This child is possessed of a demon. And we are living in a world that is more full of Satan than ever before. We're talking about possession, oppression from our schools, from our school children, adults, television. Someone showed me yesterday that Disney is putting out, uh, starting this fall, uh, new animated uh, weekly movie and uh, in it it is a child that is supposedly born as the antichrist because mom had a relationship with satan and everything is about witchcraft human sacrifice 
animal sacrifice, the, the exaltation of Satan, and the pure satanic influence that is infiltrating the hearts and minds of our young people, making light of everything that is wicked and hellish. And if we don't, if we don't during these times feel motivated to fast, there will never be a moment when we're motivated to fast. And they could not, the Bible says, do anything. And church, if we're going to have any kind of impact on our culture, our society, our world, we're going to have to be more spirit-filled. The touch of God, the hand of God, the blessing of God, the power of God has got to be upon us. And here's what Christ told them. This kind, Lord, why, why were we not successful in this endeavor? Why is it that we couldn't impact this life? Why could we not deliver this child? And he said, because you pray, but you don't pray and fast. This kind only happens by way of prayer and fasting. We talk about Sodom. But you know what Sodom's sin was? Ezekiel 16. Fullness of bread and idleness. We, we put homosexuality up, up there at the top of the list. And God said, we wouldn't even consider that a sin, fullness of bread. We would consider that a blessing. We'd say that's Thanksgiving. You say, Pastor, what about me? I'd take medication. You, you know, you know, you need to do whatever uh, is needed uh, with your medications. Uh, you don't want to take medications on an empty stomach. No matter what you're taking, I believe all of us can fast on some level. But the bottom line is fasting is abstaining from food. I would encourage everyone here that is 15 or 16 or older to at least three days abstain from food and only drink water. Now, there are liquid fasts. Uh, there are, I know people come and preached on the Daniel fast, and we talk about Daniel going 21 days, no sweets, no treats, no meats. Uh, I'm not against any of that, whatever you want to establish. Uh, what we need is some leadership over the next two weeks, some accountability, where you'll gather a few and influence a few in your home and outside of your home to say, we're going to have some honest, biblical fasting. Now, here's what fasting will do. When we talk about fasting, it's not food deprivation. It's not a hunger strike against God. It's not manipulation of the Almighty. It's saying, I want to get as close to God as I've ever been. If you've never fasted, you don't know the power of fasting. You're either going to get deep in the flesh or you're going to get deep in the spirit. But what you're going to do is reveal your spiritual temperature. You're going to say, who controls my mind, body, and soul? Romans 7 talks about the, the war that is between the flesh and the spirit. And with your first day of fasting, if you say Tuesday, if you say, I'm going to take three days or four days and, and do only a water fast, or I'm going to do ten days of a water fast, or five days of a water fast, I'm going to do, uh, if you're not going to do a complete fast, I would suggest an intermittent fast, where you say, I'll take 
between 10 and 2 during the day and eat very lightly, soups, salads, uh, that, that kind of thing, you will be shocked at the physical benefit. Yes, that's good. Most of us, most of us here uh, could, could use some physical <laughs> benefits. I'm not going to speak more specifically than that. Uh, from cholesterol, blood pressure, excess body weight, lack of energy, you name it. Those are all toxic buildups. And uh, we, uh, because of the American diet and accessibility of everything that is bad for our diet under the sun, from sugar to carbonated drinks to starch to gluten, you name it, we gorge on it. And now doctors are saying you could extend your life by doing a regimented uh, doctor uh, cared for in a facility. Now, they want to bring you to a facility if you do a 40-day fast. I, I would not recommend if you're not a regular fasting to even attempt to do something like that. But now those doctors are talking about bringing you into a facility and providing all kind of health benefits through a 20 to 40-day fast. Say, Pastor, you're not suggesting a 40-day fast. No, 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 no. I don't need you to panic. I want you to focus on what you can do. Yes. Amen. And you, here's what we're not doing. We're not looking at someone else's fast to make a judgment. We're saying if someone else is going to go five days or ten days or four days, someone else is going to do soup and salad, I want to find out who that is and be an encouragement to them. If you're going on a water fast, find someone else doing a water fast and be an encouragement to them. But here's what's going to happen. Don't be discouraged because two hours into your fast, your flesh is going to be upset. And here's what happens when you fast. People that have never invited you to eat, I'm not for the next two weeks. I'm not taking any invitations. Uh, I'm, I'm not going out with church people. We're not getting together under those circumstances. Here's what has to happen. You have to say, I've got to know that my flesh is weak, my spirit is willing, but when put in that circumstance, my flesh by 10 o'clock is going to try to depress me. And I've got to say, I'm not living depressed. What this is going to do is make me be more fed spiritually. Here's what happens when you're in the middle of a fast. The days get longer. Okay, you've told your boss, I need more than 30 minutes for lunch. You take those 30 minutes and pray and tell me you need more than 30 minutes. If you're going to say my lunch break is too long. Here's what we ought to see in a school setting. Our seniors ought to show leadership. We're going to have noontime prayer meetings every single day at school for the next two weeks. Our seniors are going to lead, juniors and seniors are going to lead those meetings. But here's, it's not saying uh, that everyone that comes in and prays is, is doing a fast or a total fast or anything like that. Those that are coming in to pray are saying, I'm taking some of my eating time and dedicating that to prayer. If it's not dedicated to prayer and drawing closer to God, it's not a fast. It's food deprivation. Food deprivation in and of itself is the most depressing exercise on the planet. Now, let's talk about why fast very quickly. Just a few quick things. Number one, God uses prayer and fasting to deal with the hardest cases. He uses that to do the supernatural. Now, 
here's what people don't understand. There is a connection between what we do physically and what God does spiritually. There's a biblical connection. And in the Bible, how many remember Moses? God said, hold your arms up. You keep them held up. I'll provide you victory. You drop them. Anybody ever just tried to hold your arms up for a couple hours? Ten minutes? Here's what those men did, Aaron, her. We've got to keep his arms up. You say, well, I don't understand that. You don't have to understand that. But there are regular moments in Scripture where we see God said, you do this physically, I'll do that spiritually. And fasting is one of those things that God says. You deprive your body. You turn the flesh down, I'll turn the spirit up. And here's what God wants us to do. I think at times because we're saved and the longer we've been saved, the more we consider ourselves spiritual in a fast. I'm going to let it sink in for a second. Fast is a true revelation of how much our flesh is in control and how little the spirit is in control. Now, obviously, there are different people doing different levels of physical labor. You have some that are out there doing extreme physical labor. Uh, those are people that are going to have to be careful how they do their fast uh, so they can maintain their stamina and their energy. Obviously, we understand all those things. But I think every person here has to say, I want God to do something specifically for me. And this is about prayer, and I think... Over the next 36 hours before you start your fast, you ought to identify what do I want God to do in my life or in my home or in my marriage or in my job or in my finances? What do I want God to do in my bus route or in this ministry? What hard thing am I asking God for? And when it comes to a fast, I use fast. I don't use fast to manipulate God, but I use that time of fasting to ask God for anything no, no demands. No demands. I'm not making demands on God. I'm not trying to manipulate the Almighty. But I do want to draw as close as possible and during that time come to understand his thinking concerning the matter. But the hardest cases I know in our Spanish church or English church during that time of fasting are my highest priority in prayer. And we ought to identify, and let me encourage you, from the youngest to the oldest, everyone ought to have written down. Here's the problem. If you don't write it down, you're saying, I'm not holding myself accountable. You ought to write down a plan. What am I going to do for the next 12 days? So is this intermittent fasting? Is this three days of water fasting, some salads? And then two days of water fast or three days or what what is my plan? What is my purpose in this? I believe every spiritual leader ought to sit down with the children in his home and say, do you have a plan? And okay, no social media. Good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. May God be honored and glorified. That's not a fast. A fast means food, not fast food, but (laughs) food fasting. Saying, I want Spirit of God. Now, here's what's going to happen. When you replace food with prayer, it puts your mind on prayer right away. Because, young people, here's what happened. 
I'm not a breakfast eater, but when I fast, I suddenly desire breakfast. It's inexplicable. I don't need breakfast. I don't want breakfast. But once I've told my body, you're going to fast at 7 o'clock, my body says, get to the refrigerator or I will kill you <laughs> with this headache. And that's where you say, I'm going to prayer because, God, here's what I want. I want this time to be special. The, the word of God jumps off the page when you're fat. Not day one. Some people want immediate results. Daniel, when he prayed uh, in Daniel chapter 10. What's the Bible tell us? You know what? Let's jump there. Interrupt our points in the message. Let's just go straight to Daniel 10. Be reminded because Daniel prayed for 21 days and thought he was going nowhere, getting nowhere with his prayer. Daniel 10, 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now look what it says in verse 11. So God sends an angel to speak to Daniel. And he said unto me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. <coughs> for unto thee am I now sent. When he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, For not Daniel. For from what? The first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chase thyself before thy God. Thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. He said, From day one, heaven was listening. God was paying attention. But there was a demonic battle taking place, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days below Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. He said there was literally a spiritual battle, not just on this earth, but in the heavens. And God said, I'm sending the forces to respond to your prayer, but Satan is resisting those forces. Aren't you glad that God mentioned this to us so we'd have an understanding of what is taking place? There is a spiritual battle that is taking place. And not that you're going to see the immediate reaction of God or the answer to that prayer, but the purpose of my fast primarily, although we say this is about the supernatural and God accomplishing uh, the most difficult things that we would consider we put on our list of difficult, really, the greatest purpose of prayer is for me to draw closer to God and be more aware of his presence than ever before. Now, church, here's what I am begging God for. 14 days from now, we start our revival with Brother Tim Fuller. Here's what I've seen over the years as I travel. I don't, I don't preach revivals. You say, why not, preacher? I believe it's a Sore misuse of my time. The average church, the average revival lasts about 10 minutes, maybe. I invest in missions conferences because that lasts. It brings permanent rewards. You get people stirred up for missions, involved in missions, given to missions. That is permanent, eternal, visible rewards. But here's what I want our, want our church to feel revival, but not the last night of the revival. I want our church to feel revival before we have an official start to the revival. 
I want God to be reviving our hearts where people are making things right between each other. Where sin is being confessed and someone that has been angered or frustrated or bitter or hurt confesses that before we ever step into the revival. Where the singing is more powerful than it's ever been and the presence of God is more felt than it's ever been before we start the revival. You know how that happens? It happens is a corporate body When we say, I'm going to fast, because fast means that time that I was going to eat, now I'm going to be spending on prayer, and you're drawing closer to God. How many of you fasted, and you knew when you started fasting and praying, if you didn't focus on God and His presence, your focus was on pizza and spaghetti. (laughs) Things you didn't even want to eat before you started your fast now sounded extremely pleasant. Now, here's what I want to do. I would like to see 100% participation on some level. Could we get that? I don't know if we have a spiritual enough church to actually hit 100%. I, I don't know. I'd like to. This is about God. Now, let me ask you this. Let me just see a hand raising in the hands tonight. How many of you here would like to get closer to God than you've ever been and more of his, aware of his presence than you've ever been. Now, here's how you can do it. You formulate your plan, your plan, whatever your plan is, and say at least once a day, if you're not going on a water fast, if you're not going on a juice fast, if you're not going on a liquid fast, if you're going on an intermittent fast, whatever it is, I don't care what you're doing. You, you say, I'm not making this a comparison with anyone else, but here's what I want to do. I want to make sure there is at least one time a day where I'm not eating in the same way that I would normally be eating, and that time is separated unto God for a time of prayer and me drawing closer to Him. And here's what happens. You say, well, that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast between uh, the rest of the day and uh, only eat between 10 and 2. I'm going to order 15 Big Macs, three large fries, six Cokes. There's no spiritual or physical benefit in that. This is primarily spiritual, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to make it dual purpose. Say, God, there, there are some Twinkies I'd like to get the victory over. Amen. Young people, some of you have junk, junk food. No, you don't have junk food. Junk food has you by the throat. And to, to, to think or even to consider about letting go of that is already causing spiritual turmoil. Goes with me to Nehemiah 1.4. Nehemiah 1.4. There are corporate fasts in the Bible. Nehemiah, the cupbearer, and Shushan, the palace, Burdened for what he hears about the state of Jerusalem. The walls have been broken down. They're burned with fire. Look what it says, verse 4. It came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down. I wept, mourned certain days, ended what? He said, something's got to change. And he prayed before the God of heaven. And he said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and the terrible God, that keep the covenant of mercy. We know what he prayed for. He said, I, I don't want to risk my job. I've got an important job, but I do want to be able to go, but I need the favor of the king. I need the favor of two kings, the almighty and then the earthly king. 
Now look what happens in Nehemiah 2 verse 6. When he presents his case after he fasts and prays, the king said to me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be and when wilt thou return? So it, it what? It, a heathen king, it pleased him to send Nehemiah on a journey to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Can you explain that? No, that's supernatural. But when you fast, here's what happens. You come into favor with God who gives you favor with man. How, how many of you say, Pastor, I don't need the favor of God or man. I'm, I'm pretty good, you know. I'm between my personality, talent, skills, and abilities, and uh, the collection of things that I've accomplished over the course of my life. I'm at a pretty good state where, you know, God, I can do this on my own. The longer I live, the more I understand the favor of God and my desire for his favor. If I want anything, I want God to smile on my life. And that comes, according to the Bible, through fasting. Young people, some of you say, I don't understand. My brother seems to be the favorite. In class, I've never been the favorite. My PE teacher, I've never been the favorite. Matter of fact, the longer I think about it, the more I realize I've never been anyone's favorite. <laughs> you know how you can change that? Say, you know what? I'm going to get close to God. Why do I need to be anyone else's favorite if I can be God's favorite? What, what about if just God and I, we get alone? Say, God, I, you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to eat, just me and you. And, and I'm a high schooler. And high schoolers like to eat. And I do too, Lord. But I'm going to pass on this meal so I can spend a few extra moments with you. Now, folks, we're not talking about for the next 20 years or 20 months 20 weeks or 20 days. We're talking 12. 12. But you know what? Some of you look in 12 days, like this could be the longest 12 days of my known life. I remember several years ago in our Bible college, uh, we were doing a 21 day fast. And I had a couple of the young people in the Bible college that were fasting, they were doing a water fast. They went 21 days, nothing but water. And I had a couple of college students that were fasting one meal a day. And by the 1045 break, they'd say, oh, I fasted breakfast. And by 1045, they were stuffing their face in donuts and talking to their neighbor about what they were going to eat for lunch. <laughs> and for 21 days, all I heard about was the sacrifice of missing breakfast. And for 21 days, I saw the glow of Jesus on three kids. On three kids that said, no, no. I want to get as close to God as I possibly can. Doing without food does not draw you close to God. But a spirit that says, I want to make sure over the next 12 days, I do everything within my power to get as close to God and feel his presence and be more aware than ever before. And when you start missing meals, you might be surprised how much you need God and how much more you have to make a choice to feed your spirit in order to overcome your flesh. Isaiah 58. I know, I know. People stop preaching on fasting. You almost never hear of a Baptist preach on fasting. I, I've been traveling around listening to Baptists preach literally for 50 years and I can count on one 
one hand the time I've heard Baptists preach on fasting. I remember one time years ago, right from Colorado, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and uh, in our class, we did a fast. I don't, my memory is not that good. I don't remember if it was a corporate fast or a school-wide fast or just a class-wide fast. And I remember fasting for three days. And uh, I had a chance during those three days to eat an apple. And I remember holding that apple and, and thinking, there ain't no one in this world that will ever know. And the Spirit of God said, you would give that up for an apple? You, 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 would, you would sacrifice the, the touch of God, the blessing, for an apple. Isaiah 58, 6. Is not this the fast that I chose? Now, Isaiah 58 is the key passage, one of the key passages in all the Bible that you read it. Here's what I would suggest as well. If you're going to participate in the corporate fast over the next two weeks, I would suggest going online, listening to messages, studying texts in the Bible, reading about Bible fast. Do anything you can to help motivate yourself in the area of biblical, biblical fasting. But this is one of those key chapters, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke. Fasting brings supernatural deliverance from sin and victory over Satan. Say, Pastor, there's a sin in my life that just seems to be getting a stronghold, a foothold. Fast and pray and say, God... You know what's here. You know what is becoming a stronghold. God, you have said in your word that the way to break that is through fasting. Young men, if Satan's beginning to get a foothold in your life, you need to address that in the next two weeks and say, as I go into this conference, it's not walking in an aisle that is magically, mystically, in a moment, going to eliminate that sin or that desire to sin. Here's what's going to take place. You're going to say, I need to fast and allow the Spirit of God to properly deal with this sin. I will humble myself and allow God to do whatever He wants to do or needs to do in my life over the next two weeks. Amen? Some of you get, some of you get victory over a hamburger in the next two weeks. You say, are hamburgers a sin? No, I'm talking about an unhealthy habit that will shorten your life. And fasting may help you understand the negative impact that fast food has on your body. Say, preacher, you never preach on health and wealth. As the church gets fatter, I see a greater need. As your preacher buys bigger belts, maybe the need is greater. Turn to Acts 13. Acts 13, verse 1. Fasting reveals the will of God. Young people, every new season of life requires fasting. I fasted when making a decision whether or not to marry Kim if she was God's will. I wanted to be certain in that area. Going to Argentina, Mexico, coming back to the States, every large decision. I just got on someone uh, Good Christians doing a good work, but through counseling, we talked about fasting for a week, and three days in, the fast was broken. And the person said, I believe I have God's will concerning the matter. 
I said, I believe you've made a mistake. If, if you made a seven-day commitment to fast, God's not done dealing with you and revealing to you you're prematurely stepping outside of what God would like to accomplish in your heart. If you go into a fast thinking, this is my one choice, one time in my life, when I get to determine what God is going to do and how he's going to do it, you have sorely misunderstood the purpose of fasting. This is about God working on you. I'm going to say I'm way beyond the need of God working on me. It's time for me to work on God accomplishing my will. That's what most people think fasting is. No, no, this is about my flesh coming under control and God revealing his will. Now look what it says, Acts 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets, teachers, it was Barnabas and Simeon. Now look what it says. Saul also, verse 2, is a minister to the Lord. And what? They were fasting. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul for the work where I have called them. When did God move and reveal his will? When they were in the process of fasting. Young people, how many of you would like to get married? How many of you are in a hurry to marry the wrong person? You're just waiting, saying, oh boy, I can't wait to mess this up. How many want to make sure you, not just a good person, not just compatible but if you're going to spend the next 30, 40 years together, you, you want it to be the right one, right? Don't you think it'd be a pretty good idea to do some fasting? Pastor, I'm in a hurry to make this happen. Why aren't you in a hurry to fast? Well, I, I did. I fasted. When did you fast? I fasted Monday morning. Your ministry, your ministry opportunities, a new job. What, when was the last time you fasted? I'm talking about life-altering decisions, and, and you can't take seven days to fast. You're going to marry that girl, and you have to spend 14 days fasting? Don't, don't make a call to a counselor or ask a preacher for help if, if you didn't even spend 14 days praying and fasting before you chose. That might be more your choice than God's choice. They prayed, and they fasted. Greatest missionary team ever sent out in the history of mankind was a result of this prayer meeting that included fasting. Let's finish with this one. Fasting is vitally important for your physical and spiritual health. One more time. Fasting is vitally important. Now, once again, I want to encourage you to go online. I wouldn't spend money on the books. I have a dozen. I'll loan you some of them. I've read them. I think YouTube is actually greater. I'm not a big fan of YouTube. But instead of wasting your time laughing at stupidity, I'm so thankful I've mentioned this from the pulpit because it almost never happens anymore. There were moments in the past when occasionally someone would say, have you ever seen that on YouTube? No, I haven't because I don't want to. I'm not that bored. I'm truly not that bored. I want it to be educational if I watch anything. I want it to be helpful. I want it to be spiritually stirring, not stupid. There are so many health benefits to fasting. What is taking place in our body because of the American diet and chemicals? and It doesn't matter what kind of 
aluminum or plastic or sugar or starch or you name it, we willfully choose to kill ourselves with a fork and a spoon. And here's what fasting does. The evangelist friend that I have is now in his 60s, three decades of fasting. And going to his doctor, his doctor looked at him and said, I don't understand. You have no physical problems by any test results that we have ever taken. Can you tell us what you're doing? Because he said, I don't think you're eating properly all year round. I don't think you're exercising consistently with your schedule. What are you doing? He said, I fast 40 days, consecutive days, a year, every year. Now, we don't want that kind of health solution. But, you know, here's what, here's what if you want to add the spiritual benefit and the health benefit, it takes at least three days, realistically, three days water fast to begin the, the process. Three to ten days. You go beyond that. There. Now, obviously, this is individually based on your age, your physical makeup, your medications that you're taking. Obviously, you need to make sure based on what you're doing and the kind of work that you have and the medication that you're on. You're doing the right kind of fast. But for anyone to say, I don't qualify to fast, is saying, I don't want a spiritual benefit. Because no matter who you are, you can fast somehow, some way, some level, some meal, something. And as a church, here's what I'm asking you to do, church. Look at the spiritual benefit the physical benefit. There's no one here that is jumping up and down and praising God for the opportunity to fast. Not that I know of, not even Joe. We started our church in Mexico on fasting. Josh and I, I don't even remember how long Kim often would uh, do it as well. On Sundays, almost every Sunday of the month, we would fast. And that went on for I don't know, six, eight months. I don't remember how long. That was just a time dedicated. Now, you'd be surprised. That was from Saturday night till Monday morning. It's only 36 hours. You'd be shocked at that spiritual exercise. But church, in a corporate fast, here's what Esther said. I want everyone that understands the condition of our kingdom to fall on their face before God for three days praying fast. What did Nehemiah tell the people of Israel? What did Ezra tell the people of Israel? What happened in the book of Joel? Israel was at its worst state economically that it had ever been. And chapter 1 and 2, what's he tell the people to do? You humble yourselves and fast, and God reversed the course of that nation. So church, here's what I'm asking you to do. This is about fasting and prayer together. Fasting and prayer. So you're missing a meal. You put your mind on God in prayer. Number one, I'm asking you to pray for the state of our nation. Anybody here need an explanation of what's going on in our nation? This nation is literally crumbling around us in, in a way we didn't even think was possible. Now let me ask you this. 
Before you get frustrated or concerned, can you tell me how many days you've fasted for our nation? One of the things that have been kept out of our secular history books that's rarely included in our Christian school history books is the fact that President Lincoln, although I disagree with him on almost everything he did during his presidency, he did call our nation to fast on four different occasions before his death. Did you know that last national fast? How do you explain how the United States came out of the Civil War with the devastation that it was and suddenly once again became one of the, the, the greatest nations on earth with the chaos that was the Civil War? The devastation all across this nation. And the next year, Russia sells the United States, what is now the state of Alaska, for two cents an acre. I'm not going to give you a history lesson. I'll leave that for Brother Joel. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you. When a people pray, when a nation prays, when a church prays, when a collective corporate body prays, God smiles on that group. How, how many of you want God to smile on Cap City Baptist Church? Let me ask you this. We have elections around the corner. Here's what I don't want you to do. If you do not fast over the next 12 days, do not whisper a complaint of what takes place in our general elections the 1st of November. If you cannot do without food, don't ask God to do the supernatural where Satan resides. Your vote counts a whole lot less than your fast. Let me tell you, fasting will do more than work has ever done. Although I believe in work. Fasting is the greatest work when it's fasting and prayer. That does the supernatural. So here's what we're going to do. We fast and pray. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for the soul of our president, for those in Congress and the Senate. Washington is a dark place full of the devil. Yes. You know what you can do? You can fast and pray for the leadership in political power. Number two, let's pray for our homes and families. Let me ask you this. Is your family situation going so well that you need no fasting done for the future of your children? I've got a grandson now. That alone motivated me to fast for 12 days. I've got two girls and eight good husbands. That motivated me to fast. I've got a son on a mission field playing in church. That'll motivate me to fast 12 days. I had church and a Bible college and a Christian school. That'll motivate me to fast for 12 days. Let me ask you this. Can you not look at your children and say, I think I'll miss a meal? Because you do understand that Satan has a target on their chest. And he knows he can get you if he gets them. He knows he can get you discouraged if he can play with them. What if you fasted and prayed for their purity, fasted and prayed for their calling, you fasted and prayed for their marriage? Let me ask you this. What about fasting and praying for your health or someone else's health? I've never known Capital City to have this many health issues in my 13 years of being here. We're doing everything from cancer to diabetes, all kinds of strange sickness, illness the doctors can't define or provide a solution for. Now, I don't believe any pastor has the gift of healing, but I believe God 
has the power to heal. I believe God still can heal supernaturally. And I believe the way that is done is through the power of prayer and fasting. Why don't you team up with someone else that's sick and say, I'm going to specifically pray and fast for them, the supernatural. And let me ask you this. How many of you have someone you know and love that is unsaved yet resistant to the gospel? Would that not motivate you to fast? Now, we have a lot of motivation. Let me ask you this. If you simply say this is prayer and fasting, no one here is going to check up on you unless you look for someone that will be an accountability partner. You say, you know what, you're doing the same. I would recommend you choose an accountability partner with someone that is doing the same kind of fast. If you're doing a water fast, you hook up with someone that's doing a salad fast, you're not going to benefit each other. That salad fast may break you down within three days. You find someone else on a water fast, you can text and call and say, how are you doing? Let's pray together. Cap City, here's your pastor's request. We're two weeks away from our designated revival. That's always caused me trepidation to say. A God, here's our designated revival. God, here's the four days out of our year. It's really strange. Really weird to, to do that or say that or plan that. How about if we start revival tonight? It's seven adults saved today. And maybe the start of revival. We, we had some people singing and praising God tonight that I hadn't seen and praised God in months. Not visibly. We, we had people come to this altar. They haven't been to this altar in years. You say it was a prayer time. It wasn't an invitation. It doesn't matter. They were at the altar. Church, what if you said, I want to be part of a corporate body that says, God, I want to get as close to you as I possibly can, get my family as close to you as possibly can. So when that preacher comes, we're already prepared. Church, I'll say this, be done. I preach a lot of missions conference. Glenn Augers, we've been there now for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. I was counting last time we preached there. I believe I preached 60 missions messages, different missions messages in that one church. But there are a lot of times where I'll take a message. There are some messages that I've preached on 10 different occasions, 10 different places, or 12, 15. Here's what I've seen, Brother Ernest. That same message at one church does nothing for the congregation, and I know it's exactly what God had planned and designated for that night, and for me to preach any other subject or any other text would have been disobedience to the Holy Spirit of God. And I preached that exact same outline, exact same message, exact same illustrations at a different church. The altars were filled and people were called to the mission field and someone got saved. It's not the speaker. It's not the text. It's not the message. It's the preparation of the congregation with the Holy Spirit of God moving in the hearts. Church, I don't care if he preaches sinners in the hands of an angry God or fresh oil. It's not doing anything unless you have met with God, drawn close to God. You've cleaned out your ears to the voice of God. Your house is ready to meet with God. Can we as a collective body tonight
say the next 14 days are about us as a church preparing ourselves to meet with God in a special way. 